0: Here's what needs to happen.
1: These men shall dine with me at noon. The Lord wants to tell us, here's what needs to happen. 2 Peter 3.9, 2 Peter 3.9. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, to son, men, count slackness, but is long-suffering to us, word, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. That's like Joseph telling the steward, these men shall dine with me at noon. That's like God telling us, I don't want anyone to perish. I want everyone to come to repentance. Or First Timothy 2.4, First Timothy 2.4. It's like God saying to us, I will have all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of truth. That's what God wants. He wants all men to be saved. Then he leaves it up to us. He leaves it up to us, the details for us to, how we intend to do our part to see the lost saved, just as Joseph left it up to the steward and what should be done. But one thing is interesting about this steward is that he's got two titles, The first title is in verse 16. What's he called there? Verse 16. He is called the ruler of the house. And the second title in verse 16, they came near to the to what? The steward of Joseph's house. The steward of Joseph. So this man has got the title of the ruler of the house and the steward of the house. The steward is like a servant. But when the ruler is called a steward, that's a message for us. Because first, it's a message about the Lord Jesus Christ, because He said in John thirteen fourteen John thirteen fourteen If I then your Lord and Master have washed your feet, you also need to wash another's feet. See, speaking of the Lord washing the feet, He's the ruler who became the servant. And second, we are called to have the mind of the Lord. We're called to have the mind of the Lord, and that's what it says in Philippians two five. Philippians two five says, "Let this mind." be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. Now, the brothers finish up, and they said, uh, in verse 22, other money have we brought down in our hands to buy food, and we cannot tell who put our money in our sacks. So that's the double money that, J- that Jacob had told them to bring down for the next payment so by starting off by saying we have other money they were saying that they not only have the original money that they took but now they brought the double money i mean after all with such a high demand who knows maybe the food doubled in price you know so they're all covered they're they're ready and again they restate we don't know who did this we cannot tell who put the first money in the sacks there it's just a big mystery we just can't figure it out now if there's one message that comes through loud and clear to the steward, it was that these boys are very, very upset. They're very disturbed, and he sees that. And so in verse 23, he said, Peace be unto you, peace be to you. Fear not, your God and the God of your father hath given you treasure in your sacks. I had your money, and then he brought Simeon out unto them. So the servant, the steward there it says to the brothers, Shalom. That's what he said, Shalom. He said, Peace. But, you know, he, he didn't say it like, How? <laughs> you know, like an American Indian, you know. He didn't say, Peace, you know. Because he says, Peace, and then he says, God. So the steward there, he was saying that, I'm wishing you the peace of God. The peace of God. And what we see the steward doing here is that he's directing their hearts to Elohim. And that's something. And then he's directing their hearts to the to Elohim of their father. He's telling them, Look to Elohim. Just like it says in Romans fifteen thirty-three. Romans fifteen thirty-three says, Now the God of peace be with you all. That's what he's saying. And first Corinthians fourteen thirty-three. First Corinthians fourteen thirty-three says, God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. And then Philippians four seven, the peace of God that passeth All understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So here's the steward. He's directing them to look to Elohim and not be afraid because God has, God's good. God has good plans. Like God told the Jewish people when they were taken away, their city was burned, Jerusalem. They were taken away as slaves to Babylon. Very discouraged, very downhearted. And then God sends a message through Jeremiah in Jeremiah 29, 11, Jeremiah 29, 11, when he says, I know the thoughts that I think toward you, sayeth the Lord, the thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you an expected end. So when he told the brothers to look to Elohim, look to the God of their father, he's encouraging them to look at what God had done for their father, Jacob. I mean, he didn't just say this nebulous, you know, we'll just look to your father. He was being very specific I mean, we are now in chapter 43 of Genesis, which means that by now there are 15 chapters about Jacob and how God led Jacob and how God protected Jacob in his life. And the steward is encouraging these brothers, look back and count the blessings that came to your father Jacob and be encouraged and let that take your fear away. Essentially, what the steward is saying to these brothers is, you need God. That's what he's saying, which is the message that we should be bringing to the lost. It's a message of you need peace. You need God. Same at the steward was, See, not that shallow peace that's dependent on letting the good times roll, but it's a peace that that's the peace the world gives. But it's, the, it's not the same as the deep peace that the Lord Jesus gives. And he spoke about that in John 14, 27. John 14, 27, when he said, peace, I leave with you. My peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Now, when you look at this scene here, I mean, here's this. This is quite a scene. This is astounding. This is remarkable. Here's a Gentile Egyptian who has turned to God. He's telling Jewish brothers who are the people of God that they need to turn to God. We can imagine this Gentile Egyptian thinking to himself, these jewish brothers they had all the advantages i didn't have these advantages they had elohim as their god as their father's god as their grandfather's god and they've turned away from god the gentile egyptians saying and i turned to their god and the gentile egyptian he could have well been thinking to himself, you know these jewish brothers they should be telling me about god they should be, able to, and they should be telling me about the God of their father, but they're so far from God, they need me to tell them about their own God. They're really far from God. And how good it was for this Gentile Egyptian to be telling these Jewish brothers about God. He's the, he is an example of Romans 11.31. Romans 11.31 says, for even so have these also now not believed. He could say, even so, these also now have not believed, that through your mercy, they may obtain mercy. Through the mercy of this Egyptian steward, the Jewish brothers there of Joseph should obtain mercy. It's astounding. It's astounding to see this Gentile Egyptian tell these Jewish brothers in verse 23, your God, <laughs> he's your God and the God of your father." Now, this Gentile Egyptian saw that these Jewish brothers were so far from God that he needed to tell them about their own God. It's exactly the picture today. The Jewish people are just like the brothers here. They're so far from God. Their God is the Lord Jesus Christ. They don't know that. And so just like the Gentile Egyptian steward told the Jewish people about their own God 3,500 years ago, It's not like, you know, yesterday. 3,500 years ago, today, the 109 Gentile college students from West Coast Baptist College, on summer blitz, they spend their summers telling the Jewish people about their own God. And just as 3,500 years ago, this Egyptian steward showed mercy to these Jewish brothers by telling about their own God... So they, you and I, we show mercy to the Jewish people today by telling them that their own God is not the name Hashem, but he is the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, this also raises another question. Why would an Egyptian who's been raised in the world of Egyptian idols and gods, and Elohim is is not one of them, why would he be telling these men to look to Elohim? I mean, was he just acting like the chaplains at most hospitals who are taught to not change what a person believes, which is what I was told when I tried to become a chaplain at a hospital. I was told, now look, we have to explain to you, the chaplains here are not here to change anyone's belief. If a person believes that a cardboard box is God, then you congratulate them and you affirm that that cardboard box is God, which is why I'm not a chaplain at a hospital. <laughs> but is that what's going on here? Is that why this Egyptian encouraged his brothers to look to Elohim for the peace they needed? No, this Egyptian has done what is described in 1 Thessalonians 1, 1.9. 1 Thessalonians 1, 1.9 says, you turn to God from idols to serve the living and true God. See, this steward turned from the Egyptian idols that we still see today, the sphinx and all the rest of them, the cats and everything else. He turned from those Egyptian idols to Elohim to serve the living and true Elohim. Now, how did this happen? How did this Egyptian turn to God from the land of idols? Well, if you asked him for his testimony, he would say that I was led to turn from idols to God by Joseph. What a fruit he is. What fruit Joseph had in Egypt. From this Egyptian, we can see that Joseph didn't just give the Egyptians life from food, but Joseph gave the Egyptians life from God. Now, and Joseph gave the Egyptians God. And when this Egyptian told the brothers to look to the God of their father, Jacob, that Egyptian was not just guessing, you know, about the history between Jacob and God. He had been told all that by Joseph. You've been told about how God was so good to Jacob. And we can imagine how when Joseph and this Egyptian were working together during the day that Joseph told them all about God and Jacob, his father. And we can imagine how during mealtimes, Joseph taught that Egyptian all about the God of Jacob and how at nighttime he sat down and he taught the Egyptian all about the God of Jacob. I mean, just to be around Joseph was to hear about the God of Jacob. Because like it says in Deuteronomy 6-7, Joseph was teaching diligently the Egyptians when he talked about God, when he sat in his house, and when he walked by the way, and when he laid down, and when Joseph rose up, he was talking about the God of Jacob. That's when that Egyptian was taught about the God of Joseph's father. Now that's a challenge to us because we see how we see this that we ask ourselves the question how much do we talk about God how much do we talk about the Lord Jesus Christ to those who are around us for Joseph it was not the realm of religion it was the realm of reality and so Joseph he now is the spiritual father of this Egyptian steward and you can see the life of Joseph his spiritual life reflected in the life of this Egyptian, he's acting like an evangelist, just like Joseph was an evangelist. So when this Egyptian told the brothers to look to the God of their father, he could have told them all about the history of the God of their father, their father, and how God had worked, had God had, had been so good to Jacob. Now we see more of this Egyptian steward and how he's leading the brothers to think. And it's wonderful that he tells them now He says in verse 23, verse 23, he said, "'Peace be to you, fear not, your God, "'the God of your fathers has given you treasure "'in your sacks, I had your money.'" So he tells them now, God gave treasure in your sacks. That's a wonderful thought that he's trying to plant in their minds about finding this money in the sack. He calls it a treasure that God gave them. You know, Hebrew word here that the steward used means a a hidden treasure. It's a hidden treasure. He's teaching the brothers here. He says, look, you guys, you know, see life this way, this way, which is James 1.17. James 1.17. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. That's he's saying that's the way you need to see life. That everything good is coming from God it's coming. So so the money in your sack, that was a treasure from God. Today, I'm going to go to the hospital to visit my two-year-old grandson who has leukemia, and I'm going to bring him a gift. And I wrapped up the present, and as I'm wrapping up the present, I'm thinking about, oh, when he opens it, so I make it easy for him to open. Anyways, and it's so great to see kids open presents, you know, because what's so great about it is that when they open the present, they immediately forgot who gave it to them. You know, all they care about is the present, you know. That's what kids do. And in fact, I know what his parents are going to do when I give him the gift. And you know what parents do when they get a gift. You know what they say? They say, what do you say? <laughs> they say, what do you say? You know, what do you say to Grandpa? And the little kid, you know, says, thank you, Grandpa. And then he goes back to the present, right? <laughs> you know, there's something I have never heard any parent ever say to his child, I've never heard any parent say to his child, what do you say to grandpa and what do you say to God? I mean, it would be so great. I would love to see a parent train their child to say when they get a gift, thank you, God. That's what this steward was doing here. This is exactly what this Egyptian steward was training these brothers to do when they found the money in their sacks there, just like a parent this Egyptian steward was saying to their brothers, boys, what do you say to God? <laughs> you know? And he wanted them to say, thank you, God, for putting hidden treasure in each of our sacks. That was a new way of thinking for them. That was a new course for them. That was a way that was gonna take them out of their fear and out of their misery. And then at the end, almost like a parenthesis, the steward says, I had your money. Now, in other words, I was the one who put the money in your sacks. But don't think about that, because the only thing you should think about is that God put this hidden treasure in your sacks there. Now, we need that training. We need the training that the Egyptian steward was giving to these brothers. We need to be looking at every gift, every good gift that we receive in life and see it as a gift from God and say, thank you, God. And the way the steward just put this little parenthesis at the end here, I had your money, it was only that they would understand how God put the hidden treasure in their sacks. As if, as if he was saying that God directed him through someone else, obviously Joseph, but to put the money back in the sacks. That's not important. What's important is you got hidden treasure from God. And it's the way that the steward says that he had their money after he said that God gave him the money as a treasure, it was like the steward was dropping back from the spotlight and putting the spotlight on God. It was almost as if he was saying to the brothers, don't ask how your money got into the sacks. Don't ask who told me to put the money in your sacks when I put the money in your sacks. Just turn your eyes to God and be like 1 Thessalonians 5.18. 1 Thessalonians 5.18. In everything give thanks. This is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. You know, what's so therapeutic. It's so wonderful. It's so therapeutic to see a joyful Christian. Just a uh, May 10th was like that. You know, she was happy all the time, smiling, thankful for everything, not complaining, you know, and, and in the case, it, totally opposite of these brothers. These brothers, they put the worst spin on everything. Like, okay, we're just being set up. We're going to be executed next to thieves. And so what we see with this steward is that he didn't just say, Oh, go ahead, peace to you, my sons. But he showed them how to find peace. And the the steward showed them how to find peace by looking to God, to looking to the God of their fathers. In other words, look back in the history and give thanks for what God did for their father, Jacob. And that's where, where we also find peace, by looking back into these historical accounts in the Bible and giving thanks for what God did in the lives of these Bible characters. That's what we're doing right now. And the second way to find peace is to give thanks for every good thing that comes to us in life. Instead of calling it a windfall of money, call it a treasure from God. Now, when the steward did all this, and that took some time on his part. It took time for this steward to speak to these brothers about how they could find peace. And he didn't have to do that. You know. And when the steward took time to train the brothers on how to find peace, by giving me thanks by looking the back history of their father and he didn't have to do that he didn't have to do that as a matter of fact the steward on that particular day at that particular time he was really busy he had a lot of work to do i mean joseph had just told him go out bring the brothers home and then he tells him then go out kill an animal get this huge lunch ready And the brothers just, I mean, that day, he already had his things that he had to do that day. He wasn't sitting around saying, well, I got nothing to do. I'm just like a fireman on call. No, he would just sit there. When the brothers showed up with no prior announcement in the all of a sudden, they're in the line for food and the all of a sudden, the steward is told by Joseph, look, I know you got your normal responsibilities today, but everything has changed. Drop everything except for the essentials, which was probably everything. And prepare a huge lunch these all happen in a couple of hours talk about stress i mean this steward has got a lot of work and planning to do to get all this ready in a short amount of time and this has to be all thrown into place and it just wasn't a part of the plan of the day you ever experienced something like that where everything is going perfect for you in life you never have anything unexpected come about you know what it would have been real easy for the steward to do It really would have been easy for this steward to have resented these brothers and said to himself, these guys caused me a lot of work, and I didn't need it for today. It would have been real easy for this steward here to have been a little bit rough on these brothers and said, Okay, guys, get in the house, make yourself scarce. I got a lot of work to do before the boss comes home, so please don't get in my way. There's just not much time to get all this work done, and I don't need any more interruptions from you, so you already caused me a lot of work, so don't cause me any more work. That would have been nice. Anyway, but when the steward saw that these brothers were terrified, it would have been real easy for him to say, I got so much work to do, I can't be psychologist now. I can't be counselor. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to pretend I don't see it. I don't see it. No, you guys are fine. Go ahead, sit down. Or he could have says, you know, you boys look so stressed out. I'll get you a drink of lemonade, and I'll spike something in it, and you'll feel better better about it. But this steward let his day be interrupted by these brothers that he could minister to. I mean, he realized that ministering to the spiritual needs of these brothers, it takes priority over everything and he ministered to their spiritual needs. That's a lesson for us. That's a lesson for us. How often do we get so wrapped up with all we need to do that we put our heads down like a bull and we refuse to see the spiritual needs of others? Just like it says in Proverbs twenty four eleven. Proverbs twenty four eleven 11 said, if thou forbear to deliver them that are drawn to death and those that are ready to be slain, if thou sayest, behold, we knew it not, Neither doth not he that pondereth the heart consider it, and he that keepeth thy soul doth he not know it? And shall not he render to every man according to his works? That simply means that if we see a soul that's lost and it's bound for hell, and that we see that we can bring the gospel to that soul, but we let all of that, just all of our things that we have to do get in the way of evangelism, the Lord's going to hold that against us. And if we do it by saying, I didn't know. I didn't see it. I didn't see it. It would have been so much easier for this steward to have done that and say, I didn't see these brothers were terrified. I just had to get lunch on the table on time. But he didn't do that. And so that's where he's a lesson to us. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for this wonderful man, this Egyptian steward. And we thank you, Lord, for how his example teaches us so much today. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Or you can email Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. Join Tom Cantor, Ray Comfort, Dr. Michael Brown at the Israel Restoration Ministries Jewish Evangelism and Training Conference happening in San Diego on Friday evening, February 9th, and Saturday morning, February 10th, at the Creation Museum in Santee, California. Learn from great Bible teachers like radio host Tom Cantor from Friendship with God, as well as world-renowned Jewish evangelist Ray Comfort, radio host Dr. Michael Brown, director of Jews for Jesus Israel, Dan Sered, Friends of Israel field director Steve Herzig, Pastor Leo Giovanetti, and many others cost for this two-day conference is only $25, which covers all speakers, food, and materials. So register today to hear Tom Cantor, Ray Comfort, Dr. Michael Brown, Jews for Jesus, and Friends of Israel on how we can reach the lost people of America and Israel on February 9th and 10th. Call us at 619-599-1104, 619-599-1104, or sign up at ReachIsrael.com, ReachIsrael.com.